0: It's the word priority, everybody has heard that word and they have an idea what it means. It's interesting, we get our English word from uh, the Latin word, it was, we would pronounce it prior, that was a, a 13th century, 14th century word that for really about five or six hundred years, priority meant number one. It it did not mean Plural, it meant the thing. When you said the word priority, you meant the top thing, the thing of most importance. And sometime in the 20th century, we began to pluralize the word priority to priorities. If you notice now, most of us have 60 to 70 priorities. (laughs) Have you noticed? And then we've got eight or nine top priorities, which is kind of oxymoronic. In fact, after I looked at my sermon title tonight, the top priority, I realized if the word priority means number one, it's not a top priority, it's just a priority. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1. Wayne is uh, coming. Y'all don't see this. This is happening. Uh, well, you do see it. Laugh with me. Have some fun tonight. Thank you. Thank Who- you. Am I on here, Wayne? Now here we go, Wayne. Just in case I'm tempted to break out in song, do you take that from me? We're in Mark chapter. Y'all laugh more at that than you did anything else. Mean people. Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one and Luke chapter five are going to be our our passages this evening. And here's my thesis to you tonight. When we talk about Christianity, what would be the priority? of the Christian's life. We started a sermon series last week, Knowing and Growing, knowing God and growing in our relationship with God. And I believe this is the priority to how we know and grow Jesus Christ. So we're going to dive, we're going to work to that point in just a second. But let's begin with this. Quality time is the key to any relationship. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? Whether you do it or not, you have to agree with it. The quality time it really is the key. I mean, if you want to develop friendships, you have to spend time with people. If you don't, you, that, that friendship is not going to grow or it, it will grow stale. How many uh, married couples don't spend much time together and they wonder why they don't have anything in common anymore? We don't spend time with our, our, our families, our friends, and even at work, that time together... Obviously, good time together is a key to, to every relationship. In fact, that, I would say that is good time together is the, is the most important thing to every relationship. Everything's going to kind of flow from that. Someone said this years ago, and I think it's good. You can spell love, L-O-V-E, or you can spell it T-I-M-E. And there is some truth to that because when you love someone or you love something, you give a lot of time to it, don't you? And and so, here's what I want to share with you tonight. I believe it's our top priority. Daily time alone with God is the key to our relationship with Him. Daily time alone with God is the key to our relationship with God. Now, folks, I'm I'm asking you, some of you are going to say, well, I've heard this before. I I don't want you to answer out loud. How, How much are you doing it? You've heard tithing sermons before. We won't go there, but just, you know, you you know where I'm coming from. But man, this is, I believe this is the most important thing in our relationship with God. If you're serious about your relationship with Jesus, and how can you have a relationship with Jesus and not be serious about it? Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place, and began to fish nothing wrong with fishing. He began to duck hunt. He began to surf the internet. No, he began to pray. And Luke chapter 5 verse 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to come contemplate and hum and meditate on mother nature. Now, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Jesus withdrew often to what? He, to pray. So let me let me share with you. I'm going to share with you several things that the key to knowing and growing our relationship with Jesus Christ flows from the time that we spend with God daily. We set apart for that. Here's the first thing. It's the key to knowing God. It's the key to knowing God. This isn't going to be on the screens, but you can write it down. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know That I am God. Well, you're talking about a world that's missing that today. And to know God how we should is intellectual and experiential. We want to know God. We want to know God more in our minds for sure. But it should never stay there because the devil has tremendous intellectual knowledge of God. We want it to become experiential. We want it to seek seek from our head to our heart and change our life folks, when when I was in graduate school and I got serious about uh, academics, if I was going to master a class, and I think about like, especially when I was in my doctoral work, I would have to study it, study it, study it. I would, the way I learned, I needed to memorize a lot of it, and then I needed to let it Become part of me. I I needed to let it go from here to here. When I had some mean professor questioning me on something, I wasn't just spitting facts out. I was telling him what I knew and what I believed. You can't get to know God casually. You have to, if you want to know God, the key is is going to be you making some decisions to set aside time for him every day. Here's the second thing. It's a key to growing in our relationship with him. If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, it is not going to happen accidentally. And We're going to talk about church in, in, in several weeks, about the importance it plays in knowing God. But just coming to church even two hours a week, which is great, cannot replace the time that you need to spend with, with God personally. James 4.8 has always been one of my favorite verses. It says, come close to God, and he will come close to you. Now, you know, I don't like the last part of it as much. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Uh, that, that's not as nice. But I love the first part, that if I want to be close to God, who, who's it dependent on? It's dependent on me because, see, God's already made the decision. He wants to be close to us. If you were here last week, God created you, and God created you to have relationship with you. So if I want to grow in my relationship with God, grow in Him, I've got to make a choice that I want to spend time with God. I can't gr- know Him and grow in my relationship with Him. It, it's going it's to happen in how I spend time with Him, okay? Here's the third thing. It's the key to staying right with God. It's the key to staying right with God. Now, some of you are going, well, I don't do a lot of bad stuff. No, but how's your heart? I mean, are you bitter? Are you mean? Are you gossipy? And and, and before you say, well, I'd never do some bad stuff, all of us can possibly do some really bad stuff. I I find Luke chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 12 through 16, the whole part of the story. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I'm willing. Don't you love that, how pretty that scene is? And be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed the man not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, you go to the priest. This was the legal way to do it. And let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony. You've been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, <laughs> don't you like that? The report of his power spread even faster and faster, and crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. And Jesus got on Twitter and told everybody about all the great things that he had done. Wait a second. I'm Bruce read that. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Now, Folks, what's neat, as you read the Gospels, you'll see this happen several times. Jesus will do some miraculous things. People are wanting to gather around and put him on the shoulders and carry him off. And what does Jesus do? He says, no, no, no. Y'all go on, and I'm going to go and spend time with the Father. You know why I believe he was doing this? He was keeping centered. He, he was staying on course for why he left heaven to come to earth for. Now, folks, remember everything we say tonight. Jesus was uniquely 100% God and 100% man. And people have argued, I've heard it all since I've been a Christian, could Jesus have sinned? Some say, well, no, he couldn't have sinned. Well, if he couldn't have sinned, what was the big deal about him being sinless? Amen? Yes, he could have sinned, but he didn't sin. And, And one of the ways he stayed on track with the father and the way he stayed on track in his humanity was he constantly was pulling away and getting alone with the father. Uh, in verse 35 of Mark it says that Jesus went out and he prayed. It, it's neat the word prayer there is a, a the biblical word doesn't mean just asking. It, it it's an all-encompassing word for for praising God. Forgiving others, confessing sin, now Jesus didn't need to do those things, but thanking God, praying for yourself, praying for others, listening to God. In other words, Jesus, when he got alone, man, he was, he was doing serious business with the Father, and, and he was keeping himself on target. Folks, if you have a problem with another person, the best way to fix it is to spend time with that person in honesty to try to make things right. And the best way you and I can stay fixed and on course with Jesus Christ is spending time with Jesus Christ. Now, listen, you can't spend consistent time with God and stay the same. Did you hear me? You can't. Now, I've heard people, I've said, oh, I pray hours every day, and they're mean, and they're snaky, and that's whatever. That's the Greek word for that is baloney. You know that. You can't really do business with God on God's terms and be the same. It changes you. It keeps you on track. Hey, you know what will keep you humble? Mean church members. uh, But you know what will keep you humble? Meet with God every day. You know what will help keep you pure? Meet with God every day. Every day, you and I, here's the center. Every day, we get off some, don't we? I, you do. Ask your spouse if you're married, you do. And what keeps us back in center? Staying, spending time with God. It keeps us, it keeps us in a right relationship with the Father. Here's the fourth thing it's a key to getting guidance. I'm not going to continue to always read these verses, but the Mark passage, it says Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place, and prayed. Why did he do that? Well, I think one reason, he was getting guidance for the day. He he was getting instruction for the day. Before Jesus picked the 12 disciples, you know what he did? He made a pros and cons list of 15 men, and he went, and he whoever had the most pros, he chose them. No, that's not what he did. He prayed all night long. Folks, you know the quickest way to clear out a church is say we're going to have an hour prayer meeting. (laughs) If we say we're going to have a business meeting about something controversial, we'll get people here we hadn't seen in a year. We say we're going to pray for an hour, they'll disappear. When Jesus was picking the disciples, he prayed for an hour. Folks, here's what you need to know. You've got decisions... That you need God's help in. Get that help with him when it's just you and him. Here's what happens to me. I've got, I got this, I'll face decisions tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. I had no idea I was going to have to face until I got a phone call or until someone came by. How many of that, does that happen to you? And, and, and Inevitably, that'll happen sometimes. And I haven't spent the time with God that I need to that day. And I'm not on my best game. The, the key to getting God's guidance is staying in touch with God. Have you ever flown in a small airplane, a small airplane? I, I like flying in a small airplane because it's like being in the carnival on a ride, isn't it? I mean, you, you, know, you can tell, and then you're about to land, and you want to throw up and, the, and all that. But, you know, a good pilot, a good pilot is staying in touch with headquarters, aren't they? They're not just getting up in the air and... And shooting the bull and go, well, you know, we're going to land somewhere down there. They're talking to people. Because, by the way, when you're in an airplane, you can't see real far ahead of you, can you? I mean, looks I mean, real pretty, but let's say it's cloudy or it's at night. You need direction, and you need it from people who know what's going on. Listen, your heavenly Father knows what's going on. You spend time with God to get God's guidance. Do we see how important this is? I want you to see Isaiah 54, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Isn't that good? Morning by morning, he awakens me and opens my understanding to his will. A lot of us don't know God's will. We just don't spend time with God. It's key to his guidance. Here's the fifth thing. It's a key to our personal well-being. If you're just purely selfish, you need to hear this. In verses 29 through 35 in the Mark passage, Jesus left the synagogue with James and John. They went to Simon and Andrew's home. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. He went to her bedside, took her by the hand, helped her sit up. The fever left, and she prepared a meal for him. They said, Peter never forgave him for that. Y'all awake? Now, women, did you notice this? After she got healed, she got up and made some biscuits, too. (laughs) Just saying, it's in the Bible. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Doesn't this sound like a fun group to spend the evening with? The The whole town gathered at the door to watch, relaxing. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, cast out demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he had to tell them to zip their pie holes. And before daybreak, the next morning, Chris is sleeping in till noon. But Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray Folks, Jesus, as the human, needed to be sustained. He needed his battery recharged. He needed to be filled. He needed that joy bucket filled back up. And you know how he got it? He got it by spending time with the Father. Listen, you know the best thing you can do for you is spend time with God. You will come out of it, if you are really confessing your sins and doing business with God, you'll come out of it happier. You'll come out of it healthier. It'll help your relationships. I know from time to time, I believe my wife has said to me, I don't think you had a good quiet time today. That's ugly, but it was probably true. It, your personal well-being is blessed by how you spend time with the Lord. You, you know, a, a lot of you are doers, and, and you don't like to stop and sharpen the saw, do you? I don't. I want to chop the tree down. I want to cut the grass. I don't want to have to change weed eater stuff. I just want to do it. Unless you're uber wealthy, you have to do it, don't you? And Stephen Covey, the motivational writer several years ago, in his great book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the habits, he said, is very effective people stop and sharpen the saw. You cut down trees a lot better with sharper saws. When you spend time with God, you know what you're doing? You're sharpening your saw. You're sharpening your You're helping your personal well-being. Here's the sixth thing. It's a key to consistent Christianity. You know, growing up, one of the things that I think kind of turned me off when I was growing up is I'd see kids go to youth camp, and they'd come back and want to burn their rock and roll albums. And I would say, don't burn them. Give them to me. I'm still a heathen. I want them. And they'd be fired up for Jesus for about two months. Then they're back with everybody else. And adults, we're the same way. We get fired up or something good happens, and we're motivated for Jesus, and then six months later, we're in church twice a month. Or... You know the key to walking steady is walking daily with the Lord? It's, it's the key. And listen, your consistency is far more important than, than your emotions. It's better to walk a straight line than to jump a pew. And, folks, I'm all for pew jumping if you think you can clear it without getting injured. We don't want a lawsuit if you get charismatic in here, okay? And we're for that. But, but walking a straight line is more important than jumping a pew. Your consistency is while you're time with God. Here's number seven. It's the key to the power and being used. In chapter 5, verse 16, it says, But Jesus withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Literally there, that was the habit of his life. The power of Jesus' life came from his connection with God. Many people, I look in here, you want God to use you. Okay, you, you can depend on your charismatic personality, your force of your personality. God's gifted you. You can depend on Use your gifting. I found this out. The more I walk with God, the better my gifts are. Notice that. You want God to use you, walk with God. Let God fill you up. Someone said rightly that you minister from the overflow. And if you're empty, there's not a lot of overflow, is there? My dad wrote in one of my Bibles years ago, this is worth writing down, to be much for God, you must be much with God. To be much for God, I must be much with God. If I want God to use me, I need to be close to him. The habit of my life. Now, let's answer this question. How do we spend time with God? How do we do it? Because you, you, you hear people say, you need to spend time with God. I, I hope I've answered some of the whys, why you should do it. But how do we do it? Let me give you a couple of tips here. Number one, start the day with Jesus. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out and prayed. Now here's how the Romans divided the nights. The Romans divided the night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. first watch. 9 to midnight, second watch. Midnight to 3 is the third watch. 3 to 6 a.m. is the fourth watch. This was during that fourth watch. A lot of scholars believe this was probably about four in the morning. Jesus got up to go and spend time with the Father. Now, if you're a shift worker, your day may start at 3 in the afternoon or 10 at night. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a moment. I don't think you have to do all your prayer and Bible study first thing in the morning or you're a heathen. But it sure is good to start your day, whenever that day starts, by plugging into Jesus. And that's kind of the habit you see that Christ himself had, starting that day plugging in with the Father. Here's the second thing, select a time to do it. Jesus was so intentional in verse 35. Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. In the King James it says a great while before day. When do you need to spend time with God? You need to spend time with God when it works best for you. If that's 3:30 in the morning, That's not best for me, but it may be for you. It may be 6 o'clock in the morning. It may be 6.30 for a few minutes and then at 10.30 at night. But you need to set aside time to be with God. I had a person tell me years ago, and this is the way you want to do it if you want to bring some conviction to your life. If you calendar in your phone or you calendar on a hard copy on paper, I do both, schedule your devotional time into your calendar. But here's how you schedule it. Time with God. Don't put devotional time or quiet time because you can blow off your devotional time. It's hard to blow off time with God, isn't it? Meeting with God at 6 a.m. Select a time when you can make it happen. Here's the third thing. Select a place. Jesus went to an isolated place. That literally means a solitary place. In the, the Luke passage, it says he withdrew, which meant he, he got alone to a lonesome spot. Now, the thing that varies on this, if, you're, if you live by yourself, it's much easier. If you are older and it's you and a spouse and your kids just come to visit, <laughs> it's much easier. If you've got little kids or you've got teenagers... It gets harder, doesn't it, to do these things. And that's okay. So that's why we don't want to be dogmatic. But you've got to find a place where you can be alone with God, where you and God can do business. Listen to this. In May of 2015, Microsoft did a survey, thousands of people, to try to figure out the attention span of the average American. The average American has an eight-second attention span nowadays. A goldfish has a nine-second attention span. Microsoft, by the way, the computer guru Microsoft, attributes it to technology. Hey, stinking man, that's right. Leave your phone somewhere else. Select a place where you can be by yourself, where it's quiet, and, and, and you can be just you and God. One of the best places I can remember when I was in graduate school at one time, I lived with two other guys. I shared a bedroom with a guy. And we both were were trying to be serious about our relationship with God. There was a closet in the hallway that had kind of a stool in there. We would swap out. It was one of the greatest places ever to go pray. It does not have to be a prayer room. That's great. Build you a prayer chapel if you can afford it. But if you've got to find a closet to clear out, Dig in and get in that closet, but find you a place where you can be alone, solitary with God, where your Bible, you might even have your Bible, a light, you old folks, your glasses. So you're not looking for those things early in the morning, but find you a place. Here's the fourth thing. Be consistent. How, how do I spend time with God? Be consistent. The, again, that Luke passage, it says that Jesus withdrew, and that was the, 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 the habit of his life was doing this. One of the funny things about people working out, by the way, that normally ends by the second week of January, if you notice that, is that people people go to the gym, and they're excited, and they're fired up, and then two weeks later, they look in the mirror, and there's no change. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I diet for two days, and then it doesn't work, so you quit, and then you regroup six months later, right? Right. If you're going to go to the gym, you've got to be committed to staying with it. And it may be two, three months before you begin to notice changes. Same way with God. Listen, I know this is right and I know it works. I know this is right and I know it works. But it takes time. Don't spend two weeks, I spent 10 minutes a day with God and I'm no different. Give it time. Let God begin to change you from the inside out. Be consistent with this. this is, that's a big thing. Here's the last thing in this. What do you do in your quiet time? Well, I mentioned this earlier. One of the words in here for prayer meant you praise God, you confess your sins, you thank God. What, what do you do when you get along with God? You have your prayer time. Praise God, thank God, pray for others. You read your Bible. You study your Bible. If you have a devotional book, that's a good time to read that. Wouldn't hurt to start memorizing a few scriptures occasionally too and meditating on those things. Again, this is not stuff that's super complicated. It's just not stuff that we do. And start building in your your, your time alone with God, whether it's 10 minutes or two hours where you spend some time just being quiet and listening to God. That's what you do when you get alone with God. And let me give you this last challenge. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. I want to I ask you a question. Do you trust me? Just raise your hand this high so I won't embarrass, be embarrassed by those who won't do it. Do you trust me? I'm telling you the truth. This is where the rubber hits the road. You want to be where you need to be with God? Here's a problem. I'm busy. I'm busy. Christian Post Magazine Several years ago, 62% of Christians said, I don't go to church, I don't spend time with God, I'm just too busy. We're too busy for God. Think about that. Here's the second thing, we're just lazy. Ian Bounds was a great preacher in the 1800s. Here's what he said in the 1800s, our greatest sin, we're lazy after God. Folks, I'm not trying to be mean, but if you're too busy or you're too lazy to give God a couple hours on Sunday... You're coming back on Wednesday. God bless you. That's the, ice, that's the icing on the cake. You're too busy to give God time on Sunday morning. And 10 to 15 minutes, th- however long you need, 30 minutes, every day you are too busy. And you're too lazy. Stop it. But here's the last barrier, and that's arrogance. When I was 25, I, there were, same year, there were two people in seminary that I knew. One of them was already working in a Christian ministry in Dallas, and the other one was a seminary student. And we were talking about spending time with God in the quiet time, and that's always been a passion of mine, how we need to do it, how we need to do it. And and these two people, they didn't know each other. It was independent. Both of them just kind of blew it off. One of them said, I, I said, you know, I don't feel like I can have a good day if I don't spend time with God. And they told me, that's ridiculous. You need in yourself to be able to get up, and you need to be able to have a good day whether you spend any time with God or not. And I wish I would have been courageous enough to say, and the Greek word for you is idiot, but I, I didn't. But that is crazy. And they were 27. I'm not making fun of 27 years old. I'm 54 now, and I know a 27-year-old minister that would say that is dumb. D-U-M-B. Matthew 5.3 says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor, not depression. Poor, not financially. Poor means you realize you need God. When you can get up and say, I don't need to spend time with God to have a great day or a great walk with God or win a religious argument, you're arrogant. Folks, if Jesus needed to do it, how much more do we need to do it? Let me ask you, if Jesus needed to do it, how much more do you need to do it? I know how much I need to When I I went to graduate school, and I began to to, to look at the Bible, at at the great saints of the Bible, David, Moses, Jesus, and then great Christian leaders throughout the history, Martin Luther and some of those people, I wanted to know what made them great. Here's what I found out. Some of them were very intelligent, some of them weren't. Some of them were highly educated, some of them weren't. Some of them were gifted preachers, some of them weren't. Some of them had great families and wealthy backgrounds, some of them didn't. Here was the common denominator of the great people of God through the years. Every one of them prioritized spending large amounts of time alone with God every day. And I remember it went off like a light bulb in my head that that's available to anybody. Here's my challenge tonight. If you're not a Christian, you're unsure if you're a Christian. You need to come tonight and give your life to the Jesus who loves you and wants to spend time with you. Isn't that cool? Maybe you'd like to join our church tonight. We would love for you to. We want to be a church that nurtures you and helps you grow. You come and join us. Christians, some of you are doing great with this. Keep it up. Up your game. Keep upping your game with time with God. Some of us aren't doing so well. Maybe it'll be where you're standing, maybe it's at the altar that you need to say to God tonight, "God, I am going to be serious about knowing you and growing in my relationship with you. And moving forward, imperfect as I am, I'm going to commit to spending time with you daily. Let's stand. You come now as God leads.